At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanian and Dennis Dick on the show today. The big story of the show, of the morning, I guess, is the surprising headline that the deal that we thought was dead appears not so. Sprint and T-Mobile looks like they're going to get the okay from a federal judge as soon as today. So we'll talk about the implications of that deal on those companies and some other stocks that you may not have on your radar. We have a couple of earnings to discuss Under Armour. Not great guidance. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the interesting day that work had yesterday. Slack, ticker WORK, had a roller coaster of a day on Monday. Uh, we'll take questions from our chat. As always, you can give us a call, uh, leave us a voicemail during the show. We will ask your question 734 494 0246. Our guest today, Nick Shaheen, he joins us every other Tuesday at 8 35. To talk about options trades and now joel what's going on here in the overnight session well more green on the screen up nine and a half handles 33.62.50 following through on that strong close 33.53 that's your all-time closing high made yesterday uh pre-market low they dipped a little bit off that 6 p.m open 49 and a quarter that's your pre-market low mid-range comes in at 33.57 I'll put my S&P target at uh, $10,000. Crude up $0.83. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Crude may be putting a little bottom in here. Gold down $8.5 at $15.73. Silver joining joining in, going lower by $0.60 at $17.72.5. And uh, boy, oh boy, Bitcoin hanging out here. The futures at $10,000, up $25 at $9,960. Spencer, let's bring up that daily Bitcoin chart and see how many highs it's made here uh, in the same area. Holy mackerel. One, two, three, four, five days in a row. I don't know. Is this going through 10,000, Dennis? It wants a contagion, I think. I think Bitcoin, if we get this, I, I, I think if they get this in check, which, you know, it's obviously looking like they're doing a pretty good job of quarantining this virus, I think Bitcoin goes down. Okay. So I think it's a coronavirus play, to be honest. I think it's had the lift in the last couple of weeks because nervousness about that. I think if it, if I think this is all going to be trading off of coronavirus. I know a lot of people may not agree with that. That's what I think. So it all depends on what's going to happen. And we start getting more spread of this, and people with more people start dying. I think Bitcoin will go up. I think if it starts to get quarantined, which it looks like it is at least at this moment. Um, and you know, maybe that's why Bitcoin's struggling, even though the technicals look like it wants to break out. I mean, what do you, what do you say, just technically speaking, on it? Uh, no, I mean it's at uh, it's at defined resistance. I mean, I, actually, it wasn't as much at ten thousand as I thought. We 
popped up the other day at 10,360. So a lot of people probably jumped in the pool there on the break above 10,000 and now they're under pressure. So uh, low risk short here, if you're looking at the 10,000 area, maybe stop up uh, above that high. That high was from yesterday at uh, 10,360. So resistance is resistance until it's broken. Go to the big story of the day, Spencer, and there's a lot of implications here. Yeah, this one was broken late uh, last night from Dow Jones that the Sprint and T-Mobile deal, which had th- was thought to have been, been on the rocks, last we had heard uh, a, a coalition of state attorneys general were uh, not in favor of this deal, and Dow Jones reporting yesterday evening that a federal judge is going to approve the merger as soon as today and that both parties have already been made aware of this impending decision. Wow. What a move. They had this deal for dead. I mean, you can say they didn't, but the stock was $4 and 80 cents. And this news comes out out of the blue. Um, and obviously stock was up 62%. So the price don't lie. This was not priced in boom, right back up to where we made that double top back in July when we had rumors that this deal was going to go through and then it got crashed. So obviously a deal is not deal. A deal is not a done deal until it's a done deal. So that is one consideration there. Do you have what the original price was Spencer on it? Because this deal was so not talked about anymore. I can't even remember what the original terms of the deal were. I can go hunting, go hunting and we'll talk about the implications here. So we got Sprint trading up 62%. We got T-Mobile. Obviously, the synergies are going to help huge here for T-Mobile, and we're going to talk about those in a second, too. T-Mobile trading up six points or seven and a half percent as well. It helps the sector out. Verizon, AT&T both trading higher. Dish Network's trading higher by 3.8%. And then the synergies, this could show you some of the potential cost cutting that they could do. So if you think about the cell towers, and if you look to those stocks, look to those ones this morning, CCI down three and a half dollars. AMT down two and a half dollars. SBAC trading an offer down four dollars right now. Somebody tweeted at me last night, what's going on with these? And it's the fact that you have leases on these towers. So you have T-Mobile and Sprint both have leases on these towers. Well, when they combine and merge and those leases expire, they're probably going to go from two leases to one lease. So you can see direct, you know, uh, benefit from the cost cutting showing up right in these REITs. So don't be surprised if AMT, CCI, and SBAC have a week day here today because there's that potential if this deal does go through that they're going to lose a lease. Boy. Do you have the terms? I gave you lots of time, I thought, there. Yeah, you did. But still hunting. Did you did you get to participate? Oh, he got he got distracted. Well, yeah, because I was going through the list of names. You're the list of names you were just listening. Oh yeah, you're you're running the ticker. He's got to run the ticker and he's got to research at the same time. (laughs) I'm 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 going back like 2017. It's been a while. It was a long time. You got to really go back far. Really, Brent. I'm just gonna Google Sprint T-Mobile T-Mobile merger terms. Sometimes Google can answer faster than anyone. Uh, T-Mobile agreed a $26 billion deal. It was probably cash and stock, I think. Which Maybe it was 2016. Sense. No, I don't think so. Oh, Ratio God. values, T-Mobile, a 0.10256 shares of T-Mobile. So there you go. Uh, that was what it was. I don't know if those adjusted, if that's still the terms, but if you go on 0.1, let's just say 0.10 for rough sake, that's nine bucks right now where T-Mobile's trading. 
So you can see quickly, you know, why um, you know it's trading up significantly in the pre-market here because if this deal goes through, it's going to be for a lot higher. I'm not sure that was from an article back when it was originally announced back in April, actually 2018. This is from 2018. 2018. All right, I'm, I, I'm they say it's 0.10256. So I'm going to write that one down. Um, if anybody can verify if that is correct, I would love that because I don't even have this on my merger sheet anymore because I thought the deal was dead. So we're bringing this deal back alive. So it's about looks like about 0 0.10. The math isn't too hard here. Grade one could calculate it. $91 times 0 0.10, maybe not the 2.5 part, but you can get roughly that. It's okay. you know, sprints worth over nine bucks if this goes through. Yeah, I, I have the original ratios here. If you, I know you just read one, but. Yeah. So the, the original enterprise value of the deal was $59 billion for Sprint, and it would create a $146 billion combined company. It, it Originally, it was an all stock merger. Yeah. Uh, point one zero two five six T-Mobile shares for each okay. share, or uh, nine point seven five Sprint shares for each T-Mobile share. Yeah, if you're looking at it the other way. So okay, point one zero two five six. That seems to be the ratio there. So you can see the risk. Are still putting a little bit of risk yeah, in this, but a lot less than yesterday. Oh, a lot less yesterday. So was it was it fast when it broke? Were you able to? Yeah, it was really fast. So Dow Jones broke that. Um, and I'm looking. And it started trading up right away, very quickly, um, like within seconds. And then you're like, you see the trade happening before you even see the headline. I mean, it's it's happening simultaneously. But, you know, my filters light up. I was like, whoa, what's going on Sprint? And then I look, glance over and I see the headline from Dow Jones. I'm like, oh, that they, they might. There's a judge that is apparently going to approve this deal. So you see it trading up and do you want to pay out? I could have paid up 50, 60 cents for the sprint and hindsight would have been an awesome trade. But I am, again, you're paying up and you're like still reading the headline and trying to process it. I mean, you got literally like, I'm reading it five seconds after it broke. So I'm like, okay, they might approve. Are they approving it? What is it? What was the original terms of the deal? Cause I can't remember that either at this time. Anyway, so I just turned around and I grabbed AT&T and Verizon. That was like, I, I missed the sprint. I, I didn't want to pay up 50, 60 cents for the sprint. I should have. Um, obviously would have made a lot of money, but um, I knew uh, from before the AT&T and Verizon would probably get a lift. So I bought AT&T and I bought Verizon and I was able to make, I think, 60 or 70 cents on the Verizon and the AT&T, I think I made 50 cents as well. So those worked out. Um, that's just a pure sympathy trade. Sometimes the sympathy moves a little bit slower. It usually always moves a little bit slower than the leader. Um, but then, you know, I was also thinking the cell towers. So um, again, people were beating me to that though, because the cell towers were already trading down for those reasons that we just said. Um, I was able to short a few ETFs on the cell towers, um, which helps a bit. But um, yeah, so I was able to make some money on the deal. The, the play would have just been flat out buy Sprint at $5.30 and sit back for five minutes and rake it all in. <laughs> but again, it went really, really fast. So what's the process here from uh, moving forward? I mean, can some uh, some other judge come out and say- Maybe. Yeah. Well, you would have to assume that the state uh, attorneys general are going to- um, uh, dissent with whatever if this does come come through today there uh the states are going to appeal this decision and so this is not over yet and so we'd have to assume it'll it'll keep going this is not the final decision by the judge being made today uh the states are going to have their say and the states have been against it because this is the these are the nation's third and fourth largest uh cell uh, carriers combining uh not great for consumers is the thought there so this is why everybody thought this deal was not going to go through i mean the market thought this deal was not going to go through look at the discount that sprint was trading from you know t-mobile yeah. yeah. out of 0.10 was 84 dollars. it's trading a 50 percent discount to the takeout price yesterday 
almost a 50% discount. So the market said this, there was very little chance this deal was going to go through. So this is a shocking headline. And, and, and the risk arbs are still putting, to answer your question, Joel, the, the risk arbs are absolutely putting, saying yeah. there's still some risk. I mean, if they, they thought this deal was a complete done deal, Sprint would be trading up at eight or $9, you know, at eight fifty nine dollars right now. So they're still putting a, a discount on that. You know, maybe this doesn't go through because you take that 0. 0.1026 times T-Mobile, you get like $9.50 for Sprint. So it's still trading at a discount, but that discount uh, came in significantly like yesterday. Yeah, but I, it's tough. I mean, if you've been, you know, if you got hold, caught holding the bag in either of these stocks here, you get the news. I, I you know, I'm full disclosure. No I have no positions in, in either of them, but if you, you know, if you were banking on something like this and you were, you know, building a huge position. Paydays right now. Well, here's the news, right? Here's the news. So do, what do you, you want, want to sit around and wait for the extra buck and risk, you know, the potential to lose your three bucks? That's the question. You know, there's yep. an extra there's an extra dollar fifty in here if the deal probably goes through, which is significant. But at the same time, we know this deal has been rocky for a long time. And like you were saying, maybe there could be another, you know, maybe this isn't going to go as easy as, you know, maybe some people believe it is right now. So lots to consider here from a sprint perspective. I'm probably hands off on the sprint. Like I said, I was just playing the sympathy plays for today. You know, and I've already sold my AT&T and Verizon, so I can freely talk about it. I bought it last night and sold them last night because they, they I, bought, I was able to buy them flat and they ran up almost 2% last night. So out of those trades, um, the cell towers, I'm not in. But like I said, I do have some ETFs that are. Uh, what about the cell towers? I mean, well, it uh, just makes sense if you think about it logically. And these things ran all the REITs ran yesterday because of that deal. I mean, the REITs were up in sympathy because we had a big deal, obviously, with SPG buying your stock TCO. And then you just see, if you look at all the REITs from yesterday, they were all just trading higher, a lot to do with that deal. So now you got a situation where these three REITs that we just mentioned, AMT, CCI, and SBAC, all basically made new 52-week highs yesterday on the backs of the, the deal that we got in the sector. I mean, SBAC didn't, but um, CCI did make a new, I believe it's an all-time high, and AMT, I believe, did as well. So now you get a little nervousness there. I yeah. mean, is this a pullback to buy? Is it not a big deal? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, I'm not in either, either of these stocks. Like I said, I do have some ETFs that are in them, but um, I'm not in these stocks directly. They're pulling back this morning. I'm telling you why they're pulling back this morning yep. is that they're worried about the potential of the cancellation of a lease. You know what? I'd like to comment here. Um, Alex Joseph in the pre-market chat. I think he's Alex. I think he's big guy tweeter. Uh, follows us, tweets at us quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Alex is awesome. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, we're talking about the cell, cell towers, and this is kind of what came to my mind, capacity concerns. So if both of those companies are on one of these towers, right, and they do merge, I mean, do you got to, you know, do you got to keep them both on there to keep, you know, the same service for the customers? Or can that, you know, they automatically work off one tower? So that's why I, I think they can work off one tower. Okay. I think I this is why know. the concern is. So you, the way the tower is working, all the cell phone companies are have, have leases on the tower space. And you'll have on, a, on one of these towers, AMT, there's going to be a T-Mobile lease and there's going to be a Sprint lease because they you know need to be on all these towers. When you merge two companies, you don't need two leases. I, in my logic, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if somebody really follows this closely, I'm just thinking, you know, I don't follow the sector closely. I'm just thinking the logic behind it, but go from two leases to one lease, it looks like they potentially lose a customer. So, and these, you know, are obviously major, major customers to lose. So that's my thought process here. And that's why I believe we see all three of those stocks chained down. What about uh, Rogers? Did you get any Rogers communications? Did it move on that? 
What is that symbol in the U.S. now? Is it RCI? RCI. Yes, it is RCI. Yes. Yeah. I, even I knew that, Dennis. Come yeah. On. Well, I think because trade in Canada, it's, it's RCI.B it used to be. But yeah. no, I did not trade Rogers on this. I don't even know if anybody. No, Rogers didn't even trade one share off of this last night. So I don't think people were running to the Canadian cell phone providers and looking for sympathy. Something to think about. I don't know if that moves with it. It's, I mean, they, it, they're not. They're, these, are, these companies aren't in the Canada, though. I got Rogers, you. Rogers and Bell are the ones that are head-to-head in Canada. So it's a completely different story. They got a monopoly in Canada. I, I wish AT and T and Verizon. I wish they were all in Canada. I'd have cheaper prices. But Canada wants to protect Mama Bell, and they want to protect Rogers, and you know, and that, and that's why we don't have the competition with Canada. That's why we play crazy prices in Canada. So I wish they would allow all of these companies into Canada. So I don't think it affects Rogers or Bell at all because they basically have a monopoly. They have Talus too. I mean, there's a three or four. Oh, companies. there's three of them. Whoo! Yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's not a dozen. So, you know, you don't have a lot of choices. You're basically almost everybody in Canada's on Rogers, Talos, or Bell. That's pretty much your choices. You get mad at one, you can go to the, one of the other two. And they want to protect the monopoly, though, because Bell used to be government-owned, right? So you think about, you know, the political side of all this. You know, yes, Bell is public here now, but there's probably a lot of legacy connections there where they don't want to let, you know, competition in. You know, friends don't want to let competition in. I would love. You know, I, I call them out for this. You know, I'll call them on the show right now. I think we should allow the competition and it would drive down the prices on self, our cell phone plans in Canada. Our cell phone plans in Canada are out of hand. Our All two right. cell phones is 250 bucks a month. Woo! Wow. It's, it's just insanity. And if you, what do you pay for your cell phones, Joel? Uh, I oh, God. Pay... I mean, you know what I pay for It's Canadian people. dollars, but. Well, I got four people. Uh, I think it's like 200 bucks. 200. Yeah, you have four people, 200 bucks. I have two people, 250 bucks. So it's just uh, out of hand. The prices in Canada for cell right, phones. Let's do some to, Today's education on the Canadian uh, yeah, te- telecom industry brought to you by Dennis Dick. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, always good to yeah, They're ripping us off. The more you know, the more yeah, they you rip know. us off. Nothing we can do about it. They don't like competition. In. All right, I want to go to Under Armour here. The, the headline is not the earnings. The headline is the forward-looking statements here. The earnings were were, were bad, but the guidance was way worse. Uh, so earnings per share, three-cent loss versus a one-cent gain estimate. Sales, $1.4 billion versus $1.47 billion. Guidance, though, is the story here. The fiscal year to, uh, EPS guidance they gave a range of 10 to $0.13 cents versus a $0.47 cent estimate. Wowzers. They are uh, undergoing or looking into undergoing some restructuring plans as they look to uh, make money. They're undergoing a significant pullback here as well in the stock price. Uh, this is a big disaster of a quarter. I don't care. And like you were saying, they're reporting on the wrong day too. You can say the market's up, but um, retail went out of favor again. Uh, you know, really in the last few days, Macy's has given back all of its gains from its whole little ridiculous rally when they were closing stores and not. And uh, anyways, it, it rallied up. Kohl's has given it back. I mean, retail's starting to fall out of favor here again. We had a lot of rotation yesterday from traditional value stocks back into growth. So the growth is full. The growth trade is full on back on. And when you're missing earnings and you're not growing, they don't want anything to do with you. So maybe if they were to report this three days, you know, when Macy's reported originally and it wasn't good either, 
um, when they were announcing the store closings. Maybe they would have given it a little bit more of a break, but they're not giving it any breaks here this morning. And I'm not coming in and buying any dips on this thing either, because this isn't the kind of stock that should make money on buying dips. AMD is the kind of, which we talked about, AMD on the pullback was a stock to buy on the dip because it's loved. Four days, five days later, they forget about the earnings report and they pump it right back up to highs. You know, the cloud stocks, when they're missing or, or they're, you know, having somewhat disappointed, eventually they seem to turn it around. The ones with the growth eventually get forgotten the bad quarter. The ones that aren't growing, those bad quarters sometimes never get forgotten, it seems like. So I'm not coming in and buying the dip in Under Armour because this is not the kind of stock that, that rallies right back. Supports 15 bucks, so if you're looking at the chart on UA, we'll see if it gets down there. Um, the, the quarter was a disaster, though. Uh, pre-market low uh, comes in right at that area, 15, right on the kisser. Uh, the low of the move in December, 1506. Uh, bounce off there, so I think, you know, come back into that area may act as support. Uh, so far, I'm looking at UA here. If you're looking for continued follow-through on the upside, 1617, we'll call 1620 short-term resistance. Full disclosure, I have one pair of Under Armour shorts that I really don't like. And I have one, it's like, a, when I got a Final Four, it's like a, I don't even know what you call it. It's a pullover. I do like that. But uh, overall, not a, not a big uh, Under Armour customer. I had Under Armour from April-ish of last year to the end of last year, actually. I dumped it. He sold it. I sold it before. You got, got out the- in time. Well, I mean, I got out in time to lose a couple dollars, but uh, no, I got <laughs> you took out. took your loss. I took my loss and I went home. <laughs> Sometimes the best trades I make are losing trades where I protect a lot of capital. Yep. But those, those are sometimes the best. I mean, they say, oh, you're losing trade, you're losing money. And, you know, how can you? But I tell you, some of my best trades are losing trades. So the uh, way is a disaster. Retail's out of favor. Uh, it's tough. So let's move yeah. on to some better news. We got anything good? Our ring, rings. Ring Central. Yeah. Ring Central. Stock that is absolutely, as much as UA is hated, Ring is loved. RNG just been a monster. $80. Started the year in 2019 at 77 bucks. One year and one month later, it's 212 RNG. Loved, loved, loved. That gap, if you're waiting that for to fill, when it had that contract, I forget who it was with, but we can go back into October when it went from 120 to 160. Never got filled, never even got into that gap. It actually held them the low from that day. And it's just continued to run up ever since. So not all gaps get filled. This is one that may never get filled. Stock is loved. Yeah, ring was strong, uh, strong numbers across the board yesterday. The earnings beat, the EPS beat, the sales beat, the Q1 guidance was good. The EPS guidance was good. The sales guidance was good. The guidance for the fiscal year was good. It was all good. Everything they said was good. Above that, all good. 22250 making new all time highs here. Uh, if you're thinking of trading this or looking at this, maybe just look at the old, look at the high right at 929 and 59 seconds. Maybe use that as a target. And uh, back, this is back pre Spencer here, but this was one of the first stocks that uh, Sean Udall, uh, I remember talking about on one of the shows, and that was like at 2530. I know he sold out since and I know he was looking to go shorted. I, I hope that's not the case here. But uh, ringing the cash register here, trading at the highs of the pre-market session, two twenty-two fifty, up nine eighty-nine. What about? I'm looking only for good news now. Apparently, only good oh, news. let's look at Hasbro. Hasbro is good this morning. 
Wow, nice move in Hasbro. Yeah, H I S E P S. Toys uh, are back. Toys are so hot right now. They, I, I guess, uh, earnings per share for the last quarter, a buck twenty-four versus ninety-one cent estimate. Sales of one point four two eight versus one point four four billion dollars. So a slight sales miss, but very nice earnings per share beat for Hasbro last quarter. Big pop stock that is kind of just been lingering i wouldn't say it was in favor i wouldn't say it out of favor really been doing nothing for a long time days until yesterday yeah yeah it did it was you know so now you get a pop you get above all those highs i'm never i'm not buying a toy maker up seven bucks though maybe it continues to run you could get the gap and go i'm not showing it either i'm just you're in a gap area so it gets really dicey and what we're talking about is if you go back to october the stock gap down probably on the last earnings report from $119 all the way down to 105 And now you get in that gap area and just means there's just nothing in there. So basically you're in there, can go anywhere. Um, I could see this giving it back. I could also, or I could get, I could also see this thing continuing to go. So I have no idea. I'm hands off. One eleven easier money somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, one eleven eighteen. Uh that was your high. And you've backed off. God, even backed off under 105 here. So you want to hold out for that 111, you know, that use that as a potential target. I think that if it falls shorter there, starts to roll over. After you hit that 111, they slammed it down to 104. So it, it's it's a, a lot of people caught the last two days here and decent day yesterday. Now you're back up near 110. Oh, man, I don't know. Over To me, a little too much over. Real tough one to call. Yep. Yeah, and what about Mattel? You get a sympathy move. They, they re- traded up last night just ahead of it. Somebody was excited, I guess, maybe for the Hasbro report coming. It's trading up to fourteen seventy-one ahead of the report. I don't no idea why. Fifteen what bucks. Kind? Let's see what it does at fifteen. It's, I don't know if JV spec if you there. I don't know my book open. Maybe there's some size up there, but I'd say fifteen is the next stopping point. I was going to ask you what uh, what toys you buy your kids, but you buy your kids used toys at garage sale. Yeah, they don't get any money from yeah. me. Yeah. The toy makers don't like me. I'm, I'm part of the reason Toys R Us is out of business. <laughs> I didn't do enough shopping at Toys R Us. All right. Uh, people want to talk about uh, work from yesterday. Or yeah. you got, what a move. Uh, you got more good news. What, what a move for work. So this, well, this I'd say we got bad news now, but yeah, continue. Well, no, I, I wouldn't. It, it's it, This is weird. It's open to interpretation. So the headline was undeniably good. This was a report from Business, business Insider that IB, uh, Slack uh, had uh, gotten a new, a new deal with their largest customer, which was IBM, and IBM was going to put their entire company on Slack. And who's uh, going to do that? IBM. IBM putting their entire company on Slack. They're already Slack's largest customer, and now they're getting they're going to be an even bigger customer. So that was the news out that was around the that open. drove it right. And, and then later in the day, so that's that's undeniably a good headline. Later in the day. We get an 8K from Slack saying, yes, this is true, uh, but no, we're not changing our guidance. We're, we're not projecting to make any more money today than we were yesterday. It kind of just sounded like, yeah, you just stated the obvious. We've had an expanded relationship with them for a long time. That's kind of like how I read it. So it was like, yeah. it, it wasn't like, okay, yeah, that's true. But we've had this relationship with them for a long time, and it's not going to change our guidance or anything anyway. Right, right. And that's why it's giving a lot of it back. Huh. With that being said, with that being said, twenty-four bucks. I mean, if it's to pull back there, I think you have a lot of buyers. So you're in the twenty-four handle. Do you get all the way down to twenty-four? We did last night. I actually tried to buy this thing at twenty-four last night too. 
and um, it kind of traded there, but I didn't get it. And then I lifted 24.50, and then I was like, ah, oh, now I'm getting chopped up. And I was traded in there for a long time. And I finally just sold it for a scratch. And now it's up at 24.80. So lots of support in the low 24s. Lots of support. So <laughs> I kind of like it in the low 24s. At 24.80, it's a little. Why? Yeah. Why do you uh, like it there at 24? Well, because we broke out yesterday. We trapped a lot of people. Now you get a second chance coming back in there. I think, um, you know, like okay. Spencer said, this wasn't bad news. So I think you get back in yesterday's lower price. I think I like it there. Well, yesterday's low was 23. So that's the only reason. But you don't think it's going to get Well, I'm saying the breakout from 24. So I'm looking at October. I'm looking at December. I'm just subscribing to the old support become old resistance becomes new. Right. So the classic breakout through 24. Now you come back down to retest it. I think you bounce at 24 the first time. So I like 24 for a trade. I don't know long-term investment slack. It's not going to my long-term portfolio. The valuation is ridiculous. Um, so it's hard to just, you know, say. But again, I, I've got some ridiculous valuation stocks in my portfolio right now, too, because they've been working. So no pun intended. 24 bucks, I think, there's a bounce there, though. I like it. I, I could see where you're there. Um, but I'll tell you right now, bulls and bears are just squaring off right here. 24, 80, 25 even. Uh, after you had that big news and the big move, is eerily quiet here so i mean i think it's been trading in what a 20 25 cent range for the last uh last couple hours so above 25 i think you run up maybe take a run at yesterday's high if you break down through the lower end someone's buying here someone's buying ahead of your number dennis someone likes this thing at 24.50 i tried to buy that thing last night at 24 you see a little 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 line there i was like that was like my bid way down there but i didn't get it I see it. It printed there. It traded. Yeah, it out. printed there. But and actually, I had the order there too. But it was just, uh, you know, there's multiple exchanges. Just because it prints there doesn't even mean you get it. So I was sitting right down there at 24, trying to buy it last night, and it would have been right at the bottom. I would have already been out. I would say 40, 50 cents. Good night. Thank, Another thank little you. blast here in the S and P's. I don't know what, what else is we new. Got there. We this is what we do. 33.65. We have some data because TLT is going down. I don't know. Um, TLT just fell about 30, 40 cents. Maybe some yeah, data. I don't, I'm not sure what it was. But uh, no, I'm not seeing any news come across. But there is something wrong with my computer because Tesla is not at 1,500 uh, ah, this morning. What a that gift. That was a fade. I can't what believe a, What a fade. You know what? I thought about it after, too. And I was like, I thought about it like after we got done the show and the thing was trading 800. I was like, you know what? This is such a BS headline. That people think, not that it was BS, just that it was, um, you know, not, you know, by any, you know, this wasn't, people are taking this as like, you know, not an opinion, they're taking this as a rumor. And I'm like, they're going to get punished for this. And they did. And it went up obviously to 817, opened up near the highs, and they gave it all back. I mean, and now it's down. And now it, make, it makes you think, okay, are we like now at the point where, um the high here now you're starting to fade rallies now you get another kind of not that great of a candle there makes me think that you know even though the trend is still your friend here i feel like the path of least resistance right now for tesla is lower they sold that rally yesterday and obviously it was a weird headline and it wasn't even a headline it was just an opinion piece that drove it up way too much so but the technical the candle from yesterday makes me more nervous again so now i don't even think you got resistance up there at the nine the obvious resistance up at the 970, but yesterday's high of 819 is going to be resistance. I know. You know what to say? So it's like you're getting high, oh. high, lower highs now. So, and, and that that's a problem. I was looking for uh, 828 uh, just to, you know, make my contribution to the uh, Tesla put foundation. 
and it never got there. And now I'm looking at it and, you know, we talk about pre-market highs and pre-market lows. It's 6.45 in the morning. They snuck it up to 8.19.35. You know what they did off the hop in the regular session? First bracket, open at 840. Boom. They ran it to 8.19.99. So they, you could have gotten that pre-market high. Probably someone... Keying in on that whole 820 area and then Kaplui. Uh, something's going on here. Uh, We're really rocking around here, yeah. Yeah, Powell well, so, said something so, good and then something bad. So today is Powell's uh, first testimony uh, of the year in front of Congress. So he's going to be speaking a lot about uh, the market, uh, oh, the economy, coronavirus, what, it, what uh, effects they see the coronavirus having on the economy. So. Uh, expect that throughout the morning. I, he just did say something about the coronavirus. They're ready to lower rates if the contagion starts. Yeah. Woo. Not guaranteed. That's the one thing, again, why it's hard to be short this market. Like I said, I have protective puts, but I've been actually long. I've stayed fully long, and I'm actually long in my trading portfolio right now, too, because there's so many people you're fighting right now. You're fighting the national team, which we talked about yesterday. You know if the market starts to pull back, even on this, the Fed will have the markets back. And the, the wild card is we're going to get a vaccine eventually. Um, you know, I, I really hope, you know, that it's not. And that's why I bought portfolio insurance just in case, you know, this thing turns ugly. I hope it doesn't. I don't think it's going to. The market thinks there's zero chance of it, though, which is why I still challenge the market making new all-time highs every day. Uh, but, you know, the caseload, just talking quickly about the coronavirus, the caseload is lower. Again, you got to read the footnotes and read the fine print because this is funny. So they changed their definition of a case. The way they're they're calculating the cases now. Did you see that? No. Explain. The way they're calculating the cases now are if you have a positive blood test for the coronavirus but aren't symptomatic, you're not going to be included in the case study. So you have a positive a positive blood test for coronavirus. If you're not showing symptoms, you're not a case. So that's inevitably going to drive the cases lower. So nobody reads the footnotes. So we see cases going down here. Oh, we only had 2,200 yesterday. Good news. Look, they're getting it in check. Are they really getting in check or are they just, you know, fudging the numbers? Sounds like a little bit of number fudging to me. But anyways, the market doesn't read the fine print. It only reads the headlines. It sees only 2,200 cases and they say, bye, 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 bye. So it was predictable. I actually was long overnight just because you figure ah, the caseloads are probably going to start going down because they're not counting. The people who have positive blood tests now as cases, they're only counting the sick people as cases. Crazy, but I tweeted that out too if you want to read about it. There's an actual, um, the person who from China was, uh, has the- Went up to 65 on, and a half and uh, backed off to 61.75. So 65 and a half is our, our early target here uh, in the S&P still chaining up 8.75. Uh, is it time? What time is it? Is it 8.35? It, it is 8.35. How did you know? Ah, uh, it's because I looked at my clock and I also wear See, a watch. No, I'm one you, of these people that you looked at like your watch. Apple Watch. Wait, you, I'm not wearing my Apple Watch today. Do you wear your Apple Watch? Every- I, I wear it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not quite the Apple Watch user. I thought I was gonna be. <laughs> I'm a little, I, 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 whatever. Okay. What I like about it right. is like <laughs> I take it. I don't have to have my phone with me all okay. the time. All so right. that's it. But. I still haven't figured out all that stuff. And I even went out to a, a class out there. And Oh, they have classes? And people knew less than me. I was kind of disappointed. All right. Nick Shaheen, do you have an Apple Watch? I do not. Uh, but I did say as soon as they came out with the Apple Watch, I said, because my father died of a heart attack, and I said, if they make it a health um, machine, uh-huh. I would definitely buy it. It would be my first Apple purchase ever. 
and I am uh, sniping the uh, the most recent one, but it doesn't work with Android, so I'd have to switch to an oh. iPhone, and that's that's amazing. Oh, that's a lot. Well, if you do, you're a smart guy, techie guy. If you do get one and you figure it out, then will you help me out? Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, first question, Nick. Do you ever want to sell yours? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a birthday present. Uh, oh, yeah. Nick, do you ever trade straddles pre-earnings? No. Uh, it, it, especially with the ones that are interesting. Usually the premiums are so high that I just can't justify it. I, I don't knock the strategy. I think you'd have to specialize in it or, you know, get it down to a science, but I do not. Why'd you ask? Cause someone in the chat, RD wanted to know, Nick, good morning. Do you ever trade straddles pre earnings? No. And if I did, I'd probably sell them. <laughs> I just get to say that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So be, especially if I have a good handle on the ticker itself. So if I know where the downside uh, is and where the upside potential is, like I would never do it on something wild and crazy. And uh, it just because I don't want to be in a position to where the, you know, a trade turns into a disaster or an investment of sorts. So I don't want that. Did you sell your Uber? I did not. But, but I, you know, I knew you were going to ask me that. I knew you were going to ask him that every time. Uh, so, but, but, but here's the thing. I am green. I am green, even though I paid, paid for it higher because the one time I lied to you guys and I said, I won't sell puts and I did, but, uh, buy the stock, right? I, I did buy the stock. I am holding the stock, but on that last dip, when everybody hated it, I sold yep. like 20, 26 or $24 puts. I can't remember. So anyway, I thought if they asked me, my question is going to be perfect. And here, here we go. <laughs> It's no, I did not. But it ha if I had bought the stock for a trade, I would have because technically it's coming into there was a tick, I believe, last year in August, uh, August 8th or something like that. There was a uh, a reversal on the earnings then. And it's going to be difficult to overcome it, uh, especially on the first try. So if I were long Uber for a trade, I would probably get out of it. Uh, just because it's, it would be a trade and I would be near a top of sorts or at least difficulty add to it. The markets are at all time highs with a heck of a lot of bad news potentially lingering. So I, I did, I would sell it and, re, and rebuy it higher. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm looking at it yesterday. I, I think today's a really big day for Uber and the reason is you made that $41 high on earnings day. You took it out yesterday. You went to 41.34. Everyone's licking their chops for, you know, 44 and a half, 45. And then you come down and you post a lower close here at 40.63. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a high close of the rebound, 40.01. So 40.63, that's a point of control. I think you close above there, then I think you can validate higher prices. But if not, ah, man, I think I'm so just a little bit if not but here's the thing you can look at the chart that i just that you have up on your screen right now yeah. and and look left and you can see that funky candle i'm talking about you know it's like one green candle that sticks out with nothing you know gap below it on both sides but to talk about where i would buy it if it falls anything towards 38 is yeah, viable because that. that's a neckline of source even maybe 3890 um, and if I look left, that value also comes into play because they were three candles that try to hold that 3820 ish and then they fell apart. So, so why don't you explain that candle there in August and why you put so much significance on it? I see the gap well, up day and then it gapped on the next day. Talk about that. Right. So to me, that was a point in time where investors thought the world of it and then they absolutely hated it and hated it tremendously. 
So and once you come back to a point like that, you think they're going to just let it through like butter? I don't think so. That's my personal opinion. Okay, what about... Uh, well, one thing before you leave Uber too, just so everybody knows, Kramer really gave it a pump last night on Mad Money. Yeah, he right? Was, just like... He's on board now. Yeah, it took it was at 40 and it took off to $40 and like 60 cents last night when he was like, buy here right now. And 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 it's going to 45. He was really nothing different. They said nothing different. All they did is talk to what Wall Street wants to hear. They're still doing the same things they were doing before. They, they, they're doing nothing different now. That's my take on, on the earnings. The only thing they said, hey, you know what? We have good news. We're looking at profitability so much that we're even going to be an, a year early. It's going to be like a Tesla thing. We're going to get to that, and they're probably not going to hit it. So we're like, they promise everything. Everybody throws a party, and they never check back to it. So I don't like. I just don't like the reversal. Like last quarter, oh, we're going out of business. You know, running out of cash. Insiders selling. Oh, one quarter. Uh, everything's so much better. Rose. Yeah. yeah. To me, give me another quarter. What about its brother, Lyft? L Y F T. You just look at that technically. I don't think. So I would call it its cousin. I would not call it its brother because of brother-in-law. We, they're not even in the same business. Uh, Uber wants to be, they happen to touch on the same business in one corner of Uber's business, but uh, Lyft, that's all they want to be. Uh, Uber wants to be multiple streams of income that maybe end up having no people movers at the end. So we'll see how that shakes out. So Lyft, I, I think, reports tomorrow or today. When does it? Uh, tonight. No, no, sorry. No, no. Yeah, it is tonight. It is tonight. Yes. Okay. So looking at the daily, I don't want to complicate things. I want to say that anything on earnings is completely binary the next day. Uh, the CEO themselves, uh, the management themselves wouldn't be able to tell us how the markets are going to react. And even the, even though they know the numbers. So I'm looking at the last failure at this level, which is all the way back to August again at 5470 ish. That was a zone that was of interest. They tried to recover, and that was a lower high that, that sticks out to my I eye. I see it. Yep, yeah. I see it. And see it. also above it, I'll post a chart in a minute, 5740-ish, you know, give or take. Those are uh, important points. But if I were just long it without an earnings report, I would stay long it because it looks like it was out of a neckline around 50 bucks. So a dip towards that neckline is fine with me. <clears throat> a dip towards the point of control, which is around $47 is also fine. So if I'm not long, I'm not rushing to get long because of the binary event uh, on Lyft. So uh, the hope would be, I, I wouldn't want to hope for somebody to lose money. But if they do sell it down towards the point of control and the support band that they've had below, that would be a nice place to get started. It has been setting higher lows. So it's constructive action coming back from a deep hole. And if you look at it eyeball, it's almost halfway to dip from uh, July to the lows. So if you're a Fibonacci person, you can probably draw it accurately and tell me where the 50% lies. Nick's mentioning uh, those trio of highs uh, back in August, 54, 52, 54, 69, and 54, 33. That's going to be nice. Just inching up there now. So uh, we'll see if some people want to take some profits ahead of their report. Uh, Nick, you dropped in there at the, in the chat. I saw you have a target of 3,400 to 34 and a quarter. Uh, man, for me, it's so hard to pick targets. <laughs> I pick them on the daily basis. You know, I look at yeah. the low of the day. Like I could just give you my target today on the upside, yeah. uh, 338875. That's only 26 handles away. Who knows? How do you come up with your targets? 
I, I basically did a simple three push off of uh, the low of uh, 32.11. They had a push all the way that failed at 33.58, back down to wherever you want to put the line at 33.03 the other night. And then if you go with another push up equal to the first push, like an ABC move type of a deal, that just puts it up there. Uh, I'm being conservative, and I'm saying that the breakout here <clears throat> um, with the new high overnight may have that and it's open air so i can't tell you how high they're going to go with it but i can tell you one line at a, at, a, at a time that they could get there if they want to uh, if you think about it nobody wants to sell anything when they're selling they're rolling into something else it's like tag team bulls when apple was falling off the cliff yesterday tesla was rallying up 10 percent. when tesla faded apple rallied when uh, when this fades this, another sector rallies and then the financials spiked out of no did you see the financials close last night it was ridiculous it was like boop out of nowhere giant candles up and uh, closed exactly almost uh, it. yep 31 so it's just some bonker things going on nobody wants to sell anything they want to roll out into something else so if you're cautious to market, you can use uh, bear call spreads, but I wouldn't do them short term. I would do them way out in time and way above and be long short term to ride this move. But be cautiously like you can also be long the TLT, for example. That was a thesis of mine. So it, this is kind of like if you're long the TLT, you're maybe hedging your longs in the market. Um, if uh, because for short periods of time, money highs in bonds. It's an alternate to stocks. Hey, how much in stocks, how much in bonds? So, um, you know, that's another way. So be creative. Don't get stuck with the rhetoric on, on TV. Nick, let's talk about the energy sector. And uh, boy, oh boy, people, I, I've heard so many people try and call bottom. I heard a young lady on uh, CNBC last week. Barron's writes it up again. Uh, now I'm looking at the crude chart here and... If you want to take a shot here in crude on the long side, you do have multiple lows in the same area under $50. So look at that. Boom. If you're buying it here, you got a definite stop out point. Uh, but man, these stocks Exxon mobile went X dividend yesterday and they just tarnished that thing. So are you finding any value here in the energy sector? Uh, boy, I, the companies themselves, I hear a lot. Uh, somebody literally just, a friend of mine just shared some sort of a financing issue with uh, some some energy companies. Like if they change rules, they're going to find it hard to find money. I hear also that, uh, you know, they said this is the year where energy is going to dominate. Remember that that was the theme at the end of the year or beginning of the year, end of last yep. year. So I don't subscribe. You know me, it's, uh, I, I, I go against the grain when it comes to oil. Whenever rhetoric becomes like this, you know, doom and gloom, I think it's worth a long, or at least definitely not don't get on board and go take it short. So I'm going to share a chart that's kind of busy. So ignore the left-hand side. It has a whole bunch of old lines. I just can't park with them. Uh, so here's crude. It's a, um, a weekly chart to try to eliminate the noise. Okay, let's take a look at it. And um, the two bubbles on top are important. They were the, the Iran uh, skirmish and the Saudi bombing. Oh. So those show where everybody was so, I, short, I would short those pops. And, and, and my thesis has been anytime it's way below 50, 
Hey Nick, oh, you, yeah. can, you, can you resend the or we drop the link into the chat? I, yeah, I think it's a broken link or something for the uh, okay. Uh, the uh, chart. No problem. So the thesis is that OPEC still matters, and um, <clears throat> if, if if it's too high, oil prices they start losing market share, and then they come up with oh we're cutting and blah blah, blah to to I mean they they come up with we're we're a wash or somebody's cheating or whatever to move the price down. And then when the price is too low, they come up with uh, either, you know, some Hormuz kidnapping of ships or whatever. They talk it up. So it's if you go, if I go against the market, every time I've gone against the, the rhetoric, I win. And I usually trade it using the USO. I don't trade the futures, especially not in this contract. And with the USO, it's an easy trade. Whenever it falls to, to extremes, I just sell puts or put spreads, depends on the preference. And then um, I rarely short it, but I would short the spikes. All right. Uh, we got a question here about TDOC. Um, let's see here from Juan Pablo Posada. Whoa. Say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what are you going to say about this one? Yeah, I, I know what I can say. I have, I, have a, I have a shortcut in my chat room on that one. It's THDH. Yep. It's, it's too high to, to chase for me, for my taste. Not too short. Too hot to short, yeah. Uh, getting down and dirty in Tesla. So Tesla is, uh, I would love to see the outcome of this. I have so much to say about it, and I don't want to piss anybody off. Um, That's all right. That's all we do on the show. Okay. No, so Everybody's mad at me all the time. So uh, <laughs> first of all, I'm not sure that electric is the way to drive the future cars. Um, it, on a global basis, unless we're charging our cars using alternative energies, we're still going to need oil. What do you think is charging your Tesla at home? Uh, you know, diesel or whatever is pumping into your electricity. Well, there's different. There's a lot of different energy sources, a lot of cleaner energy sources. Yeah, oil, but so that's I would disagree not with that. No, you can't disagree with that. It's fact. There is. I have all of our energy comes from oil. Most energy comes there's from not nuclear? fossil fuels. The nuclear energy doesn't fossil, exist. I I don't. It's not in the U.S. Ever, I don't have any nuclear energy. I've got a nuclear power plant too. We got one right just south of us in okay. uh, Monroe. I'm, I'm just speaking one. In, in the whole world. So, so yes, yeah, some energy comes from oil. You can't okay. say all energy okay. comes from oil. I completely disagree with okay. that. Okay, I did not say that. So we can rewind the tape. Most <laughs> energy. At least you most, pissed one person off. You pissed me off, Nick. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How can you take issue with the fact that we are still consuming fossil fuel more than anything else to to generate electricity? Can we agree on that? For sure. For okay. sure. That's my statement. But that's there's definitely cleaner away. energy. That's that, that's coming. not going away. So an electric car is cleaner burning than a regular ice car, but. Unless you charge it from electricity, you're not your carbon footprint is still nasty. There's there's a good point you're making here. It's just uh, when you were saying the absolute is what I was like drawing. So that, there's that a good is, point you're making though. That is step one. Step two is the Tesla. I buy it. I get the hoopla. I get the future. But every celebration on headlines is about car production and how many cars they're going to produce and how quickly they put up the factory. What else? Tell me the roof tiles. Uh, you know, show me the money that's coming from other than cars, because as a car company, I don't care how slick it is. I don't care how much less advertising he has to do. Now he has only one or two models. It's easy to push one or two models. But when you have several models, you're going to have to advertise a truck. You're going to have to advertise this. But anyway, so show me the money that's coming not from cars. Otherwise, why is it priced so expensive to a car maker? 
it's revolutionary. I don't take anything away from him on that one, but I don't know if I would have paid 970. I'd like to know the person that paid 970, what were they expecting? Or 960. Now, they know what it has. They were expecting it to go to 1,000. And they were going to sell it on the close at 1,000. It was going to be the headline. Tesla goes into four digits. They were going to get a piece of it. And then someone said, enough is enough. But that that's why that, that's why those people, if you go back and you interview people that bought it above 960, they're like, why not? It's up 100 bucks. It's going to 1,000. So that's. That's my so, so here's bull for trading's numbers here, Nick. Cole and Pete, uh, these are global figures that he's just gotten. Cole and Pete is 38%. So coal is still dirty, dirty, the dirtiest of energy. Coal, 38%. Natural gas is 23. Hydroelectric is 16. Nuclear power is 10. Oil is only 3.7. Okay. So this is a little bit, you know, when you're looking at the direct play on oil, and not a lot actually comes from oil. I, I just Googled it. It says in 2016, that well, whoever is that, uh, Wikipedia, 80% okay. is fossil fuel. Of, yeah, of, but fossil fuel is considered coal. So if you're investing oil in oil, are you making money on coal? That's why that, I thought we were talking oil, and this is no, the argument we're talking against Tesla. oil. We're talking Tesla. To me, okay. I, my issue was that electric cars may not be the future. It's going to be some sort of a hybrid system to where it runs on the sun for a little bit. It runs on the wind a little bit. You put your feet down and you push it a little bit. I don't know. It's going to I be- just think this is why oil stocks are like declining and every rally is sold because I think electrification is the future. I mean, we're on the opposite side. That's why we have market. We have some people who are yeah. long. Some people are short. I've been underweight oil for two years. The month the I'm, trade is I'm, obviously. I'm not supporting. I'm not supporting the oil stocks. The discussion with Tesla and I, the assumption that electric cars are going to be the future. Oh, and and another thing that they talk about Tesla with the competition. Fillable comes on there, uh, baffled as is there another electric car in the world? And it's like yeah, there are. I live in in Southern California, and there's a ton of electric cars everywhere. I see a lot of Leafs. I see a lot of bolts. A lot of a lot of volts. I know that the volt is gone. And uh, it, it's just, there's a whole bunch of electric cars, a whole bunch of Teslas. This is Tesla land too. And he says, well, where's the competition? Well, give them time to ramp. They just introduced it. If the assumption, here's the thing. You can't have both assumptions and walk away with the Tesla, the winner. If you have the assumption that all cars are going to be electric right now, what is the market? 18 million cars. How many Tesla can produce? So, all the other guys are going to be eating up the, the market just as fast and they're going to catch up and ramp up if the assumption is correct. If it's not correct, then fine. We go as we're going now. You know, maybe it's winner. Are we... you doing it? Are you selling any credit call spread? Spice wants to know or are you just kind of. <laughs> Have you looked at the premiums? I, I tell you one thing. I had somebody on that Friday in my chat room sell the $1,500 call in Tesla for $600. $6. And it was what? nine sixty. Somebody bought it that same day for $6. I think it went up to nine. So it is just insane. Um, I did not. I did not want to pick a fight with them, but I would have. But uh, I I told you, I told everybody, I I said, I am missing a piece of that puzzle. So I don't have an edge. So I'm not going to put money at risk. All right. Uh, Nick Shaheen. Uh, creating income with option spreads joins our show every two weeks and uh, Nick we probably keep you uh, longer than any <laughs> guest so uh, great conversation thanks a lot we'll, we'll talk to you again soon that was great fun all right thanks Nick 
Uh, S&P's uh, ripped to 65 and a half a little bit by the dippers or even lurking this morning. We went down, I believe, to 61 and change back up to challenge the high of the session at 65 and a half. Spencer, we haven't heard from you for a while. Do yeah, wanna, I've, I've been around. Do you want to do some ratings? It, so, do we yeah, do just, just to update on, on the Sprint T-Mobile story, the uh, New York uh, AG said they are considering an appeal of the ruling that was that was formally issued this morning. Stocks don't seem to be reacting, but I guess not entirely a surprise that that, that would messy, happen. Messy, messy, so messy. So it's, yeah, it's messy, not going to be resolved for certain anytime soon. Um, I, I have, yeah, I, I mean, as far as ratings are concerned, there there weren't that many. There were a couple that caught my eye this morning. I saw a downgrade to Facebook. That was interesting. Yeah. I, I, that was from a Pivotal to Sell. If you listened or watched the show the day Facebook reported, you know that I am pretty bearish on this one going forward. Uh, so that one caught my eye. They're cutting their price target from 215 to 180. What else did I see in, in ratings land that caught my eye? Mm, Credit Suisse upgrading L Brands to neutral and Boston Beer to outperform this morning. CrowdStrike got a nice upgrade from DA Davidson to buy. And I think that's kind of it as far as ratings are quiet as uh, we're in earnings season right now. I haven't seen too much on, on the ratings front. I just tell you those cell towers, they came. Uh, that's unbelievable. Right yep. I just said the fade late logic trade is working here again. Like they were down four or five bucks each last night, even this morning. Buy the dippers, win again, just buy the dip and you win because CCI, AMT, and SBAC, we. You know, well, we're gonna lose the lease. It doesn't matter. We just buy anything anyway. So oh, I don't know. Maybe there was something sure. said. Yeah. Maybe somebody said something. Maybe they said they're not canceling a lease. I don't know. Well, maybe there was. Was the- there a, is there a headline driving these things higher here this morning? Because these things rally back ten bucks from the lows. Yeah, the headline is that the charge approved the deal. Well, we know that, but know, that but logic that- would say you're gonna lose a lease on that, and they're saying no. That's not the, the the market is now saying that is not the case. I've seen zero press releases, nor SEC filings, nor any headlines yeah, about any of these. Incredible resilience of this market. I mean, those things, anything that's making a new high, if you're fading it, you get punished. You've got to just this market is all about momentum. Headlines be damned. SBAC made new highs yesterday. It pulls back four or five bucks. Everybody just, just back up the track. We're loading up. And now we're even gonna load it up to make new highs, new all-time highs here again despite the potential for losing, you know, at least fade logic works. Hey, one thing I want to ask earlier and I didn't get the chance to, but can you explain why uh, AT&T and Verizon would trade up on this headline? I don't really understand that. They're not now. <laughs> well, they were. Uh, Spencer, I'm trying to just, I, I, I'm trying to grasp any of, of okay. any of this market right now. This is the most irrational market I've ever been a part of. You know, I, I trade, I make a lot of trades based on logic that, one plus one equals two. But in this market, one plus one sometimes equals three. It equals so it, it, the reason, and, and the reason at and Verizon is I can just tell you every time I've just got notes and I've got the quantitative numbers that it seems it's always been when Sprint T-Mobile deal was on, you'd see at and and Verizon rally. Really logically, that makes no sense at all. I completely agree with you. And they have completely turned. This trade is unbelievable how much this has turned. So all the sympathy ones that were way up last night, despite Dish Network, Dish Network continues to go higher. I'm not sure what's happening there. But AT&T and Verizon were up 2% last night on this uh, on, on the speculation of this deal getting approved. And now they have turned and gone to the red. And you had the cell towers last night down 2 to 3% each. 
and now they're all up two to three percent. So I can't fathom, you know, what is any of the reasoning behind any of this, to be honest with you. So um, <laughs> I, I'm lost. I'm lost on the on this whole. So it made sense to me that the cell towers would be down. Now that they're trading up three, four dollars. I can't understand. They're obviously reading something that I'm not. Um, you know, if you follow the sector closely, let me know because I don't get it. Uh, just real quickly, I have market speculation here in the Google chat. Thoughts on CyberArk and that was one that I am Marie gave right at the end of yep, the year. That was yep. her, I think her topic. Uh, so I, you know what? It's just kind of quiet here. Uh, I it had that big red candle a few days ago when it made the all time high at one forty four ninety, but now you're just settling in here. It's like one. I keep an eye on one thirty six sixty one. Uh, that was your low from yesterday. You had another low at uh, six sixty four. So. If it's going to just hold this consolidation, resolve it to the upside, I think it's going to hold 136 and a half. And if you're looking for some targets uh, here, uh, 140.50 would be a good target for today. That's only a buck away. Uh, that splits the highs from Thursday and Friday. Uh, old time closing high, 142.97. All right, that'll be it for our show. Thank you to our guests, Nick Shaheen, and everyone in our chats, both of our chats, the one on YouTube and the one on premarket.benzinga.com. You can always catch the podcast of our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or any podcast platform, or we watch the show on our YouTube channel. You can also click on the link in the description of the video to get a free two-week trial and a subsequent discount of Benzinga Pro. We want to remind all of our Florida listeners that the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference is about two weeks away, February 24th and 25th. Go to BenzingaEvents.com to learn more about that. You can always give us a call at our number, 734-494-0246, or email us, premarket at Benzinga.com. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. And that's all I got. Any final thoughts from either of you? Uh, keep on, no, keep it on. No, All right. Let's just keep eyeing the pre-market high based on the average daily range. We got a lot of room up here to 88.75. Uh, and on the pull, we had that little dip after whatever the whatever Mr. Uh, Mr. Powell said. Uh, so, so you're finding some minor intraday support. Let's call that. Uh, must have said buy cell towers. Yeah. 30. 33.60. Triple D out. I'm talking to you at 11, not 10. Thank right? God I'm not shorting on those things. All right. Everyone have a very good <laughs> of your day. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.